Welcome to Sightseeing Japan, the podcast where we explore the land of new beginnings. I'm Paul Bresson. And I'm Jason Neeling. And Akimashite Omedito gozaimasu, everybody. Thanks, Jason. You're welcome. So what'd that... you just call me? <laughs> it's a good thing, don't worry. <laughs> that was Happy New Year in Japanese, because today's topic is the Japanese New Year, which is a big deal. Most important holiday in Japan, known as Shogatsu. Well, Akemashite Omedeto to you as well, Jason. Thank you. So we're going to be talking about New Year's today, mm-hmm. and that's going to include Omisoka, which is New Year's Eve, and Shogatsu, which is the New Year's holiday in Japan. Yeah. And this holiday has been celebrated on January 1st ever since 1873, when Japan switched to the Gregorian calendar. Oh, Japan switched to something Western? Must have been the Meiji Restoration. You know it. Yeah, before that, Japan used a lunisolar calendar. Like a lot of countries in the area, they had a calendar based on the moon cycle. Let Uh, me guess, got that from China. That would be my guess as well. (laughs) So a solar calendar indicates the seasons of the year. A lunar calendar indicates the moon cycles. And a lunisolar calendar, the one that Japan used to use, indicates both of those, the seasons and the moon cycles. But the Gregorian calendar is what most of the world is using right now, including the U.S. So New Year's is celebrated on January 1st these days in Japan. Yeah, and the holiday is celebrated for a whole week, in a way. Yeah, because the New Year kami, Toshigami, is going to show up and hang out in your place for a week or longer. I don't know, it seemed a little unclear. Yeah. Hangs out for a while. At some point, goes back to wherever he came from. Yep. So most businesses are shut down from January 1st to the 3rd, some as early as the 29th, perhaps. And families spend New Year's together. So, you know, in the U.S., Christmas is kind of the holiday that people spend with their families, and then New Year's is kind of a time to go out and get wasted with your friends, right? Yeah. In Japan, it's kind of the opposite. Yeah, in a way. Yeah, Christmas is more of a, well, we said it's a romantic holiday. You know, it's, it's for people that are not your family, generally. Yeah. And then New Year's is very much a family-oriented holiday. Yeah, hugely so. So a major focus of the New Year is a fresh start for the New Year, because the years are considered very separate. You know, the year ends at the end of December 31st, and a new year begins at the beginning of January 1st. So a lot of this time is focused on having the best possible start you can for that new year. Yeah. You've got to make sure you get all your debts repaid, for example, before the new year. Yeah, and you want to just get everything out of the way so that you make sure that that first day of the year is going to be free of stress. You're not going to have any work to do, no anger in the house. Everybody's just nice and calm and having a good time together. Just relaxed and celebrating. Yeah, and so we're going to cover a lot of traditions because there's a lot of stuff here. But I just wanted to point out that a lot of these traditions are becoming less and less common in recent years. A lot of Japanese people might not even be aware of some of these customs because they're just so based in ancient traditions. So preparations for the new year could start as early as the middle of December, especially if you're going full traditional because, man... It's just a massive amount of work. You got to make so much food and stuff and put up all these decorations that are like handmade. It's crazy. 
But specifically, I saw that December 13th is kind of the official time to start your New Year's preparations because this is the day that temples and shrines begin something called Osoji. Paul, what's Osoji? New Year's cleaning. Yeah, basically translates to the big clean, (laughs) big cleaning. Yes, people do this in their homes as well. You've got to get everything cleaned up, ready for the new year. Yeah, people get really serious. I mean, this is the time of year where you're going to do all that stuff that you've been neglecting for the rest of the year. People are going to move the fridge and just find all those spots in the house that never get cleaned. They're going to move all their furniture and, you know, clean behind and underneath it, all that kind of stuff. Pretty big deal. Sounds like a good tradition. Yeah, it does, because I never do that stuff. Years and years go by. I haven't cleaned the oven. I, I don't even want to say how long it's been. Oh, dear Lord. Actually, it's not even how long it's been. I've literally never cleaned the oven. I think it's time to clean the oven. I'll do it next year. <laughs> For New Year's. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> and now that we know. Yep. So the whole point of this whole big clean is that in Shinto tradition, Shinto is the national religion of Japan, the Toshigami, the New Year's Kami, the New Year's deity, He's going to enter your house with the sunrise on New Year's Day, and you don't want to welcome him into a dirty house. How disrespectful that would be. For real. So the Toshigami stays the first week, the first two weeks of the year. Hangs around for at least a week. Yeah. But probably not more than two. Just when things start getting dirty again, he takes off. (laughs) I can't handle this anymore. (laughs) So one major New Year's tradition that you're going to want to pay attention to is something called Nengajo. Yes. New Year's Day postcards. Yeah. They're very important in Japan. Yeah. And you're going to want to do your best to make sure that they get delivered right on January 1st. Yeah. Yeah. They all get delivered exactly on the 1st. The Japanese post office actually guarantees they will arrive exactly on the 1st as long as you get it mailed within the time limit they set. Yeah, and you're going to want to mark it specially as a nengajo. Yes. And they'll even hire like temp workers, I saw, to make sure that all of them get delivered. Yeah, I heard they traditionally hire a bunch of students to go run around making sure all these cards get delivered exactly on that one day. Yeah. So what's special about these cards? Are they just normal postcards? Or is there special stuff on them? Traditionally, they were to let any family or friends you have that aren't close to you let you know that you are still alive and doing well. (laughs) Yeah, because you might not be able to see everybody. I mean, back then, you could just email somebody or text them. Right, and it was difficult to travel. Yeah. So that was the original purpose. But now it's just a friendly greeting. Yeah. And it's going to be decorated cards. Yeah. So they're usually decorated with signs of the Chinese zodiac. There's a new animal for each year. Yeah, so it was the year of the dog cards with Snoopy on it (laughs) is going to be popular or any other dog type character. That's funny. Yeah. They like to use like Mickey Mouse is popular when it's the year of the rat. Yeah, I saw that one. (laughs) He's not a rat though. Close enough, right? That's like a slur. little rodent. Mickey rat. (laughs) But these things are also handwritten usually. Like, you know, it's a very personal thing. You want to put your heart and soul into it. So it's a chance to show off your writing skills, too. Like, yeah. calligraphy is big in Japan. Yeah, a lot of beautifully written cards. Yeah. And you might need to handwrite these to a lot of people. Like, I saw that people send these out to potentially hundreds of people that you know. Yeah. Wow. You got to start probably well ahead of time making sure you get them all written and sent out on time. Yeah. 
Uh, but there is a case where you don't want to send a card to somebody. Yeah, if there's been a death in the family during the year. Yeah, the other person's family. Like if they've had a death in the family, you don't want to send them a card. Yeah, and to know that, I believe the family that has the death sends out some kind of card to people during the year to let them know that this isn't a year to send us a card. Right, morning postcards they send out called mochu hagaki. And uh, yeah, just to tell people, like, don't send us New Year's cards. And that's out of respect for the dead family member. So good news if you get a card or if you get a bunch of cards. It's been a good year for your family. Everyone's still alive and well. Yeah. Another custom is to create some mochi before the new year, because that's a common snack during the new year holiday. Yeah, yeah. There are a lot of connections between mochi and the new year. And mochi is rice cakes. Like soft, gooey rice cakes. Yeah, we talked about it a bit in the food episode. It's super cool. If you ever get the chance to see someone making that, they boil sticky rice, put it into a wooden container, and one person mashes it with this massive wooden mallet while another person throws water over it in between every mashing. Yeah. I mean, they do it so fast. They need to be perfectly in sync. Like they're usually yeah. saying, saying something to keep the rhythm. It looks dangerous, but I guess they're really good at it. Yeah. Because the one person's hands fly over it to get the water wet and then boom, the mallet comes down like as soon as their hands are away and they're just in perfect rhythm. Yeah. It's scary. It's, it's fun to watch. I would want to be the one with the mallet. And they just pound it into this big sticky white dumpling, which is how you get mochi. Yeah. It's good stuff. Cool yeah. texture, nice and stretchy and chewy. Eaten in many ways. Yeah, there are all sorts of ways to prepare mochi. Yeah, so that's a little New Year's snack. But you got to get it made before New Year's so you can relax and eat it during the New Year's holiday. Yeah. Yeah, there are a lot of New Year's foods that you're going to want to prepare because traditionally you can't cook during those first three days of the New Year because the Toshigami is going to be there and you don't want to disturb him with a bunch of noise from the kitchen. Yep. So generally all the New Year's food is made in advance. Yeah. And we'll get into the New Year's food a little bit here shortly. Yeah. But first, before you get to eat all that delicious New Year's food, you better put up a bunch of decorations. And there are very specific, special decorations that you're going to want to put up. So what's some of that stuff you're going to put up in your home? Well, there's something called a shime kazari, which is a wreath. Not really like a Christmas wreath, though. It's only similar in the sense that it's a circle. Um, but it's a wreath made of straw rope, which is something you're going to see at a shrine, too, as an offering. And there, you're going to see Shinto paper strips, too, that you'll also see at a shrine. I mean, all, all this, all the decorations are related to Shinto, and pretty much all of these customs we're talking about are related to that. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I got that straw rope, the Shinto paper strips, fern leaves, and something called a dai-dai, which is a citrus fruit. Kind of like, uh, it's like a bitter orange I've seen it described as. A lot of times these days, people will use a mikan instead, which is like a mandarin orange. Okay. Yeah. So this shime kazari is supposed to ward off evil spirits and invite the toshigami, the New Year's spirit, into your home. Okay. That's nice. Yeah. Always trying to be welcoming. Yeah. Well, if you want to be real welcoming, you better put up another decoration called the karumatsu. And how does that welcome? So the karumatsu is made with bamboo pine, and plum tree branches. And these, so you're going to want to have two of these and place them on either side of the entrance of your house. So we've talked many times before about the shintai, right? Mm -hmm. Shintai is an object that the kami, the deities, can inhabit. 
And that is what the karumatsu is for. That's where the toshigami is going to stay while he's at your place. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you're going to want to put this up right after Christmas and keep it there until the toshigami leaves somewhere around the 7th to the 15th of January. Going back to the mochi idea, there's another decoration called kagami mochi, which translates to mirror mochi. A kagami is a mirror. And these are two round mochi cakes, like one stacked on top of the other. And then again, they're going to have a dai-dai, that little bitter orange on top of those. Although again, they often use the mikan these days. And you might wonder, why, why is it called mirror mochi? Well, mirrors were round, like these balls of mochi, and often used in Shinto rituals. Like I think uh, in the temples and shrines when we talked about how mirrors were known to be places that the gods reside. That would be a popular Shintai at a Shinto shrine, right? Yes. So this kagami mochi is also an offering to the Toshigami. And I saw that the two cakes represent the old year and the new year. We'll talk a bit later about how those are cooked and eaten on the second week of the new year, too. And these are traditionally made by hand. Like you said, we're making all that mochi to prepare for the new year. Uh, But these days, you know, people just don't want to put in as much work as they did hundreds of years ago. So you can buy pre-made Kagami mochi. Yeah, people got schools and jobs. Not everyone has time to do all this stuff by hand. Yeah. Yeah. Another purpose of this Kagami mochi is to invoke the kami to protect the house from burning in the next year. That's a good idea. Yeah. Nobody wants their house to burn down. Heck no. You're going to prepare your place for the Toshigami. You better uh, ask him for some favors while he's there, right? Yeah, of course. So now that we've got all the decorations up, we've got all our food ready. We've got our debts paid. Our house is clean. Are we ready for the New Year's Eve? I think we are. Okay, let's do it. Omisoka, New Year's Eve. So it's New Year's Eve, and it's the last time you're going to see someone before the New Year's. What are you going to say to them? There's a traditional greeting for that, of course. Yoi o toshi wo. Have a good New Year. Nice. So you'll send your friends off with that before you see them again in the new year. Yeah. Maybe that would be at the end of a Bonenkai party. Did you see what a Bonenkai party is? No, what's that? It's a year forgetting party. <laughs> you had a bad last year, you want to forget all about it, clear your head for the new year, go to a Bonenkai party. That's a nice tradition. Yeah. A traditional meal for New Year's Eve is something called Toshikoshi Soba, which is a meal symbolizing longevity. And the cut between the years, apparently uh, when you're making soba, it's really easy to cut. And it symbolizes that clean separation between the last year and the next year. Yeah, crossing over from one year to the next. Yeah. It's very important that you finish that soba before midnight. Because remember that second, right right at midnight, is that cut. And if you're not done with your noodles yet, you, you are not done with the last year. You're carrying it over. Yeah, so I think they often sit down about an hour before New Year's to eat their noodles. Gives you plenty of time to polish off your bowl before the New Year. Mm-hmm. On New Year's in recent years, it's become popular to watch a certain television program. Mm-hmm. Kohaku Utagasen. That is known as the Red White Singing Battle Show. Yeah, Japan's most famous singers get together and... Sing a bunch of songs, a bunch of really big, elaborate performances, it sounds like. Yeah, they compete against each other. I don't know if people vote or somehow they have a judge. And that goes on for four plus hours. It's a huge deal. Yeah. 
So families and friends will get together and watch that on New Year's Eve. Sounds fun. But if you really want to get into the New Year's spirit, where are you going to want to be as, uh, as midnight is creeping up on you? You are going to want to make your first temple or shrine visit of the New Year. Yeah, you're going to want to be there for something called Joya no Kane, which is where Buddhist temples ring their bells 108 times. And that symbolizes the 108 human desires or sins. In Buddhism, you want to minimize your desires because that's what causes pain. Yeah, the bell is going to be rung 107 times before the new year and then one time just past midnight Yeah, to equal your 108 bell rings. Yeah, and if you're at the temple, you might even be lucky enough to ring the bell. Yeah, they'll let people do that. Yeah, not every temple, I think, but some of them will allow visitors to come, come ring the bell. And the ringing the bell is to drive away negative emotions from the previous year. That's good. Mm-hmm. If you happen to be at a shrine for your first visit of the year, uh, you're probably going to get to enjoy some amakaze, which is a low or no alcohol rice wine that uh, is traditionally served at Shinto shrines on New Year's Eve. Cool. And uh, New Year's. A lot of people go on New Year's Eve right at midnight, but you can do your first temple or shrine visit any time before the seventh day of the new year. Yeah. All right, well, let's go to bed and get ready for New Year's Day, huh? Yeah. So when you wake up on New Year's Day, it's going to be Gantan. It's what they call the morning of New Year's Day. Ganjitsu is the entire day. Mm -hmm. And this is a day to spend with family. It's a very family-oriented holiday, like we said. And the very first part of your day might be something called Hatsuhi no Day, which is the year's first sunrise. And that sunrise is supposed to represent the whole year ahead. So people are going to find the best places to view it from. Maybe they'll, they'll go to a mountaintop to see the sunrise, or they'll go to a beautiful beach and see it rise over the water. Or even observatories, like there, there are apparently websites dedicated to finding like the best places to see the first sunrise of the new year. That sounds nice. Yeah. Also at dawn on the first day of the new year, it is one of the emperor's sacred duties to perform a rite called Shihohai, which is the worship of the four quarters, um, which he offers prayers for the well-being of the nation. Nice. Yeah. So if you didn't go to the temple or shrine, on New Year's Eve, you might take some time out of New Year's Day to do your Hatsumode, the year's first shrine or temple visit. Mm-hmm. And you're going to want to pray for safety, health, and good fortune for the upcoming year. A uh, popular thing to do is get your omikuji, which we've talked about before. Your fortune. Yes. And that, I mean, that's an important fortune. That's the most important one of the year, right? Because it's going to determine your whole next year. Yeah. It would be a bummer to get a bad fortune after doing all that work to get ready for the new year. <laughs> yeah, that would not be fun. Yeah. People will also exchange their old good luck charms from last year for new ones. Ah. Yeah. Used up all that luck, got to get a new one. Yep. And I think you said before, the new year, the first shrine visit of the new year doesn't have to be on New Year. You could you could go on the second or third or... Right. Whenever. I think a lot of people like to get it done right away. Yeah, why not? But you can wait. Yeah, and this whole period is the busiest time of the year for temples and shrines. Some of them have millions of visitors. So it's almost, uh, I mean, we talked about it in the Matsuri episode too, right? There's going to be a festive atmosphere, food stalls, everybody's milling about. Yep. 
Yeah, as most businesses are closed on the first three days of the new year, the temples and the shrines are probably one of the only places in public where it actually is lively and a lot of stuff's going on and people are out there. Yeah. Um, Another thing that happens on the first day of the new year is a Japanese custom called Otoshidama, which is where adult relatives give money to children. So it's like a New Year's allowance for kids. Yeah. They get their money in these small little decorated envelopes called pochibukuro. Mm-hmm. And um, it's not uncommon for these amounts to be equal to like 50 US dollars or more. So it's a nice little chunk of change for the kids. Yeah, it is. Something to get excited decent. about. Yeah, I think I saw the average for a kid to receive like in total is like 250 bucks. Yeah. Which is a pretty substantial amount for like a young kid. Yeah, it depends a little bit on the age too. Yeah, but like you said, it could be more than $50. I saw that the older the older the kids are, the more money they get generally. Yeah, and I think you might get money from like your parents, but like your uncle might also give you money or your grandparents. So you might be getting 50 here, 100 there or yeah. whatever. Yeah. So that's a nice, nice little haul totally. for the kids. Yeah. Another custom for New Year's Day is New Year's Sake yeah. or Toso which uh, people drink to drive away evil spirits. And the man of the house drinks first, right? Wrong. Oh, what? Yeah, the little kids drink first. Good for the kids. Yeah, it's so a good day for kids. I know, right? Good time to be a kid. So the family, the whole family shares these same three little special cups, and you're going to drink from the youngest to the oldest so that the older people can absorb the vitality of the younger people. Oh, not so cool for the kids anymore. <laughs> now, we're, now we're getting vampire-y. <laughs> yeah, it's a little, a little weird. That's kind of cool, though. It's interesting to figure out. I bet like a lot of people in Japan don't even know like that's where it came from anymore. Yeah. That's kind of cool. Yeah, fun custom. After you've had your New Year's sake, you're going to have all that food that you prepared in the days leading up to New Year's. Osechi Ryori. Yes. Traditional Japanese New Year food. Yeah. And there are a lot of regional variations here, but every food in this meal has a specific meaning, like a wish for the new year. Yes. I saw they have konbu, which is a type of seaweed, and it's associated with the word yorokobu, meaning joy. Yeah. That's a good one. So you get joy out of your seaweed to begin the year. Yeah. I saw that they'll eat prawns as a wish for long life because prawns, you know, they're all curled up, right? Yeah. So it's supposed to be like symbolizing that when you're old and your back is bent like that. Yeah. I want to still be alive to get that old to (laughs) look like a bent prawn. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. People will eat herring roe, herring eggs for fertility. That one's pretty self-explanatory. Salmon eggs are supposed to be for healthy babies and lotus roots. You know uh, what a lotus root looks like, right? Like these little circle things with a bunch of holes in them? Yeah. That's supposed to be uh, for a happy future without obstacles and good foresight because you can see right through them. Ah, oh, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. There's mame, which is black soybeans. Mm-hmm. Mame also means health. So eating that is, symbolizes your wish for good health in the new year. Makes sense. This tradition started even back in the Heian period which is like 794 to 1185. That's a pretty old custom. So they've been making some of these foods for over a thousand years. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. And all this stuff is going to get packed into this multi-layered box called a jubako, which is, it's like a three to four layer bento box, if you know what that is. It's kind of a 
Yeah, like a cool lunchbox. Yeah. With a bunch of little compartments that perfectly fit each little dish you put in it. Yeah. Yeah. They're just packed full of food because all this stuff is supposed to keep you, keep your whole family fed for the next few days. Because remember, you can't do any cooking in the kitchen for those first few days. Yeah. They're decorated, uh, painted nicely on the sides and the top. Yeah. Pretty fancy. And there are special chopsticks that you have to use to eat this meal too. They're special double-ended chopsticks made of a willow tree. It's got to be a willow tree. Yep. Called Iwaibashi. And the reason for the double ends of those chopsticks is one end is for you to eat with, and the other end is for... Lakami. Of course. Toshigami. He, he needs to eat with something. He's not going to eat with his hands like can't, some sort of animal. Can't forget about the kami. Yeah. So each person is going to have their own set of chopsticks, and they're going to wash those and reuse them for the whole three days. So many of these Osechi Ryori dishes are sweet or sour or dried so they can be kept without refrigeration. Right. Because, you know, they were come from a thousand years ago before people had refrigerators or anything. Mm -hmm. So this food needed to last at least three days and stay fresh enough to be enjoyed three days later. Yep. And all the shops were closed too, so you couldn't just go buy some fresh food. You had to eat what was prepared. Yeah. Yeah. So traditionally, of course, this was going to take a huge amount of work. They could start making this food days in advance. But these days, people don't want to do that much work. So you can, you can purchase these from department stores and restaurants. And it looked like, well, actually, I think I saw that most people will do a combination of the two. They'll make some of the food themselves and they'll buy some of it from a department store. Yeah, it was like two thirds of people get some and make some. Yeah. Then some people buy it all. Some people make it all. Yep. Another popular New Year's food is something called ozoni. And this goes back to the mochi too. This is a type of soup with the mochi rice cake. And the soup itself can vary depending on the region of the country. Uh, also popular on New Year's Day are games, traditional games. Although these are a bit less popular more recently. But Paul, it sounded like you had some cool stuff about these games. Yeah. One of the games that's popular is karuta, which is the Japanese word for playing cards. But one of the games they specifically play with the playing cards is this really cool game where they read out a poem or well-known proverb. Oh. And as soon as you recognize what poem it is, you find the card that has that poem on it or the corresponding poem to what they're reading. And whoever grabs it the quickest gets the point. Yeah, I've seen this being played. I didn't realize this was what they would do on New Year's, but I've seen that and it gets intense, man. Yeah, they play competitive karuta and... They're so fast. They're so in, like one syllable is like sung from this poem and like, boom, they're slapping these cards. Like each player has half the cards in front of them. So you've got to like dive across to get one that's in front of the other player. Yeah, it's amazing. It's really fun to watch. and It's really cool. Yeah. And they use 100 poems from 100 poets this famous set of poems that are taught in most Japanese schools. So Japanese people are at least somewhat familiar with all these poems. Yeah. So I thought, I think that game's like really cool. It is really cool. Man, seriously, look up a video of people playing that. Yeah. It's a very like physical card game. Yeah. Know? Yeah. It's like a card game where you've got to be quick as well. Yeah. Lightning fast. I heard it's played on New Year's because it uh, emphasizes bonding and togetherness. Makes sense. 
There's also Hanetsuki, which is uh, like kind of like Japanese badminton. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no net, and the point of the game is just to keep the shuttlecock in the air as long as possible. That sounds fun. And they play it with wooden paddles, but these wooden paddles are also popular collector's items. Hmm. There'll be whole markets before the new year selling all sorts of these paddles that are like decorated with intricate portraits of kabuki actors or like beautiful Edo period ladies, Very cool. sometimes even celebrities. So people buy the paddles just as decorations sometimes. That's fun. And traditionally, the longer you keep the shuttlecock in the air, the greater protection from mosquitoes the players will have in the coming year. Oh man, that's an important one. I hate mosquitoes. I know, I would be so into that. I'd be like, (laughs) I gotta keep this shuttlecock in the air for an hour. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that goes back to the uh, teamwork and bonding sort of thing, right? Yeah, yeah. If we play together, we'll both have good luck this year against mosquitoes. That's cool. Yeah. Kite flying is popular Mm -hmm. in the New Year's. I heard it's popular in the New Year's because during the Edo period, the Shogun restricted flying kites, except during the New Year's period. Why? I could not figure out why. There doesn't seem to be any sense to that. Huh. But it happened, so it became like hey, this is the time we go fly kites. Now, of course, you can fly kites whenever you want. And it's popular in the summer as well. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. There's also uh, spinning tops that the kids play with. The one type where you like wrap the rope around it and pull the rope out. So it really gets going quick. Yeah. Those are cool. Kids seem to have a lot of fun with those. Yeah. I saw a video of a traditional craftsman making one of those pretty, pretty impressive. That's awesome that they're handmade. Yeah. I'm sure you could buy probably manufactured ones too. I'm sure. But at least it's nice that they're preserving some of those old traditional ways of making things. Yeah, that is awesome. So every year on the 1st of January, the final game of the Emperor's Cup is played. And that's the biggest national soccer tournament in Japan every year. And I thought it was actually kind of cool because Every team in the country is allowed to enter the tournament. So like the top professional teams enter the tournament, but so do colleges and high schools hmm. and everybody. So it's this huge tournament. Nice. There was even a high school like a few years back that took a professional team to a sudden death shootout in the game. Like wow. this high school team almost upset a pro team. That's insane. So generally the pro teams win. But every once in a while, like a lower tier pro team wins or a college team breaks through and makes like a solid run. And that would feel good, huh? So I thought that was kind of a cool, it's like their biggest tournament. Yeah. It's played on that day, I guess, to honor the emperor. So that's a big deal too. Sounds fun. Uh, around this time, New Year's sales might start happening. We yeah. said most businesses are closed from the first to the third, but sounds like these days commercialism is creeping in like it is uh, in the U.S. too. So a popular offering is something called fukubukuro, which are lucky bags. Basically, just grab bags of you know random stuff. You don't get to find out what's in there until you buy them, but you can get some good deals because things will be priced maybe like half what they're actually worth. That's cool. Yeah. Anything else uh, we're going to want to get done in the first day of the year? No, I think that's a pretty full day. You've maybe shopped. You've spent a bunch of time with your family. You've eaten good food. You drank your New Year's sake. Sounds like a good time. Time to go to bed and get some rest. Yeah. And if you're lucky, you're going to have your Hatsuyume, the first dream of the year. And what you dream about 
is going to represent what your next year is going to be like. So there's some lucky things that you're going to hope to dream about. Yeah, what do you want to what do you want to see in your dreams? Well, I would be very happy to see a bald man in my dreams. <laughs> what, is, what does that mean? Because, so uh, the word for a bald man is keganai, like no hair, um, which is the same way that you would say no injuries. The kega is an injury. Nai is like no. So there's no a lot hair, of, no injuries. There's a lot of wordplay in these like Japanese lucky things. Yeah, man. Japan loves puns. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, wordplay is huge in Japan. Yeah, all, all the lucky stuff basically is based on word associations. So what, I think some of that might come from there's the kanji, you know, the symbols that they use for some of these words. Yeah. Whereas if you like write it out a different way, it's written totally different, but the word sounds the same. Right. And they get puns out of that sometimes, I think. Yeah. Well, in the Japanese language episode, we talked about how few available syllables there are in Japanese. So there are a bunch of ways that they they get assembled in the same order in different phrases. And, you know, there's just so many connections between these totally unrelated ideas just because of the way that they're said. Yeah. What language you know defines a little bit how you think. Yeah. And I guess knowing Japanese makes you good at puns. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what else would you want to dream about in your New Year's dream? Well, eggplants are pretty lucky. Ooh, I like eggplant. Yeah, eggplant's not bad. The word for that is nasu, which can also mean to accomplish or fulfill. Okay. That's, you know, if you want to accomplish a lot in the upcoming year, you want to dream about eggplants. So if I'm dreaming about eating eggplant curry cooked by a bald chef, I'm doing good so far. Oh, you're going to have the best year ever. What else? What else do I want in my dream? Well, maybe in the background of that scene, you'll see Mount Fuji towering up there. Ooh. That'd be pretty lucky too. It's kind of the same meaning between Mount Fuji and tobacco. Both of those represent rising up because Fuji is really tall. Okay. And tobacco smoke rises up into the air. So Okay. Anything rising. Yeah. Or related to rising. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Another one kind of related to rising is a hawk. Be really lucky to dream about because that is a sign that you'll get a promotion or Ooh. an increase in status in nice. the next year. Nice. Yeah. Good signs. Yep. So you're eating eggplant with a bald man in front of Mount Fuji and a hawk swoops down, lands on your shoulder. And caws. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're going to have the best year of your entire life. All right. Good New Year's dream. Yeah. Cool. All right. So now you wake up and it's January 2nd. Mm -hmm. And you think to yourself, what am I going to do today? What unique thing could I do today? Well... January 2nd is one of only two days all year that the public is allowed to enter the inner palace grounds of the Imperial Palace in Tokyo. It'd be pretty exciting. Yeah. So that's a cool thing that's popular to do on the 2nd. Mm -hmm. The only other day it's possible to do that is the Emperor's birthday, which is now on February 23rd, as we recently have a new emperor yeah. in Japan. Yep. Also, the second is a day to visit acquaintances and extended family for your New Year's greeting, which is called the Nenshi. Mm -hmm. And again, you will share a little sake drink with them while you're there. Nice. I like the sake traditions. Those are fun. Yeah. So you just get to walk around visiting people that you know and like and drinking sake. Mm -hmm. That sounds like a good day. Yeah. Nice, relaxed time with the extended family and friends. Yeah. 
As New Year's goes on, what else are you going to do? Well, on January 11th, something called Kagami Biraki. So remember that Kagami Mochi, the mirror mochi, the decoration that you're going to put out. Mm -hmm. So that has gotten very hard (laughs) over the time between when it was made and January 11th. But this is the day that you're going to want to cook and eat that mochi anyway. So you might think, well, if it's so hard, how am I going to break this thing? I'll just get a knife and cut it, right? But that's a bad idea. Mmm, bad idea. Yeah, bad luck to cut it with a knife. What you're going to want to do is get a mallet and smash that thing into pieces. Sounds fun. Yep. And then it's usually boiled to soften it up and then put in some sort of soup or something. And then on January 15th, or somewhere around the middle of the month, I saw this could happen like two weeks, like the second weekend into the month, or just somewhere around that period. There's a, an event called Otakiage. So there's going to be a big bonfire. And, you know, you got all these lucky objects, all your, your uh, amulets and lucky charms. <laughs> Me lucky charms. <laughs> um, lucky charms from the previous year. But it's really bad luck to just throw those in the trash. Yeah. That's, Gotta you don't treat wanna... them with respect. Yeah. So the ceremony happens at shrines. They're going to have this big bonfire and you can dispose of last year's lucky items in oh, the fire. Cool. Yep. Works out for these shrines too, because then you get to buy new ones. Exactly. (laughs) And that karumatsu, that was another one of the decorations. That was the one that was the shintai, where the toshigami is staying, right? Yeah. They might even burn that, and that is when they release the toshigami, and he rises up with the smoke back to his normal home. Okay. Yep. Rising with smoke, recurring themes. Yeah, yeah. And mochi is going to come into this again, too. There's another part of that. It could be involved in the same sort of ceremony or a separate ceremony on a different day, I think. This is called dondoyaki. And this is where people can cook their mochi over the fire of the burning lucky items. So, you know, some of that luck that's rising up out of the ashes, it's imbued into your mochi, it seems like. And uh, Grilled mochi sounds like it might be all right. Totally. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah. And that also connects to the custom of eating that kagami mochi. Yeah, yeah. So there, that's your final step in grabbing all that good luck you can for the next year. All right. Well, we had the perfect dream. We burned all the right things and bought all the right new things. Yep. I think it's going to be a good 2020. It's going to be a good year. Yeah. Well, happy new year, everybody. Yes, happy new year. As always, thank you for listening. Yes, thank you. We hope you have an amazing next year. And uh, let's see. You just got a bunch of pictures from your trip to Japan not that long ago. Yes. So if you want to see those, what's our Instagram account? Instagram is SJP Podcast. Find us on there. I'll be posting a bunch of those. Check it out. Cool pictures almost every day. And what is our first episode of the new year going to be? It's going to be about bamboo. Boo. Boom, boom, boom. An incredible amount of uses for it in Japan. It's going to be a really cool episode to dive deep into. Yeah. Bamboo is awesome stuff. You can make all sorts of stuff out of it. You can even eat it. Yummy. Yeah. Bamboo shoots Mm. in my curry every day, please. So good. All right. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for supporting us this year. You guys are awesome. And we hope to see you again next year. Happy Happy New New Year. Year.